But I want to talk about contending for the faith once for all delivered unto the saints in the realm of that which is religious and spiritual. So first, we'll start with Jesus versus the atheist. Atheism is this, there is no God. Ah, no, theos, God, there is no God. Statistically, 4% of Americans now identify as atheists. And Jesus Christ is the only founder of any major world religion who declared himself to be God. So atheists are like, there is no God. Jesus is like, howdy. Yes, he declares himself to be God. I'll prove it to you with one verse. And this is why Jesus was sentenced to death and executed by the governmental and religious authorities. John 10, 33, 33. Jesus answered, I and the father are one. So then those who were present picked up stones, that is to execute him, to stone him. But he said to them, I have shown you many great miracles from the father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any of these, but for blasphemy because you, a mere man, what? Claim to be God. Jesus says he's God. Jesus is the only founder of any major world religion who says he's God. If you're gonna contend, sometimes you're gonna contend against the atheists. Other times you will contend against the agnostics. Jesus versus the agnostics is this. Agnosticism says we can't know. Ah means no, and gnosis is knowledge. They mean we have no knowledge of whether or not a God exists. He may, he may not. We don't know, we can't know, we won't know. This is the fastest growing category of spirituality in the West. They are called the nuns. And now three in 10 Americans, especially younger generations, identify as nuns. And let me say this, Jesus Christ is God in the flesh on the earth. We have all the knowledge we need. Every Christmas you get a Christmas card that talks about Jesus. It calls him Emmanuel, which is God with us. The agnostics are like, we don't know. Jesus is like, I'm right here walking around, preaching, teaching, doing miracles. And when you kill me, I'll come back and prove the point. I am who I said I am, I'm God. In addition, what we're seeing today, especially with younger emerging generations, is an increased contending in Jesus versus the occults. The occults are demonic spiritual practices forbidden by the Bible. These are everything God creates, Satan counterfeits. And the occult is a counterfeit of being spirit-filled. Instead, it's being demon-filled. This would include Wicca, witchcraft, the new age, new spirituality, psychics, channeling, astrology, clairvoyance, divination, the Freemasons, which are occult and an occult, oracles, tarot cards, Ouija boards, Native American shamanism, spells, sorcery, spirit guides, auras, palm reading, and paganism. If you're like, what does this look like? Go to Sedona. <laughs> or wait for Halloween. Either way, that's what it is. So what we're seeing today is an explosion in the occult. Technology and social media is allowing people to gather around what was previously outlier pagan practices now becoming mainstream. So I'll show it to you. This is a, this is a clip this week from TikTok. One of the most popular hashtags is witch talk. It's how to cast spells and how to um, consult the dead and, and how to communicate with demons. It's teaching largely young girls how to be witches. And what's interesting, witch talk has 21 billion views. Here's what's curious. Do you know how many people there are on planet earth? Eight billion. 21 billion clicks just on one social media platform to learn how to do witchcraft. That being said, now we're gonna deal with Jesus versus the world religions. I'm gonna hit them very, very quickly, but I'm gonna look at four things. 
I'm gonna look at their founder, their writing, their view of God and their view of Jesus. Number one, we're gonna start with Jesus Christ and Christianity. Our founder is Jesus Christ. Our writing is the 66 books of the Old and New Testament. God wrote a book. If you want a word from God, open the word of God. We believe the whole thing. And we believe that when you read the Bible, the Holy Spirit reads you. And it's the only book when you read it, the author will sit down and meet with you. And he loves you and he wants to speak to you through his word. That's what we believe. Our view of God is Trinity, probably not a shock. You're at Trinity Church. One God, three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, all Christians and major creeds since the beginning of the church have always agreed that there is one God and three persons, Father, Son, and Spirit, co-equal, co-eternal, sharing all the divine attributes. And Jesus Christ, we're about Jesus. Fully God, fully man, born of a virgin, lived without sin, died on the cross in our place for our sins, rose from the dead to forgive our sins, conquered Satan's sin, death, hell, the wrath of God, verified his resurrection, ascended into heaven, is ruling and reigning, is king of kings and lord of lords, and he's coming again to judge the living and the dead. Amen? That's our team. Let me talk about Jesus versus Islam because this is the fastest growing religion and the second largest religion in the world. Their founder is Muhammad. He is said to be the greatest man who has ever lived and to be the final and greatest messenger sent by their God, Allah. They will refer to their God as Allah. Their writings are the Quran that they say was revealed to Muhammad by the angel Gabriel. You'll notice an interesting series of parallels between Islam, the second largest and fastest growing religion in the world, and Mormonism, which is the second largest cult that I'll get to in a moment. One individual leader was visited by an angel who gave them revelation for a new book that contradicted God's book. In addition, when it comes to Islam, their view of God is that his name is Allah and he is the only God. Furthermore, they do not believe in the Trinity and for them, they do not believe that attributing anything like fatherhood or sonship to God is acceptable. In fact, for them categorically, that would be the worst sin of all. They call it shirk. So if you say, God is my father and Jesus is the son of God, you will have an explosion among devout Muslims because you're not allowed to refer to God in those personal terms. And Jesus is not God. He is not the son of God. He did not die on the cross. He did not raise from the dead. And furthermore, he is a far lesser prophet than Muhammad. Number three, Jesus versus Hinduism. What's interesting now, we're talking about contending. What's curious in our day, we've got a Republican candidate who's a Hindu, which is different. Previously, if you wanted to be the president, you had to pretend you were a Christian. And I say pretend, because that's usually what happened. But today we actually have a Hindu who's running for president and could make an office of some sort or kind. Their founder is unknown. It's, it's, it's a series of ideas and religions and gods and goddesses. There's no singular founder. Furthermore, there is a plurality, not just of founders, but gods and writings. So they will believe in the Vedas, the Upanishads, and the Bhagavad Gita, as well as other writings. Their God is called Brahman. He is called the absolute. And Brahman is not a person, he is an impersonal force. It's like the force in Star Wars. It's this energy that works through everyone and everything as a collective and combined whole. That's why Hinduism statistically, historically has been more pantheistic or panentheistic where they won't distinguish between the creator and the created. Instead, it's all collapsed into one in violation of Romans one. 
And furthermore, uh, Brahman is the universal spirit that manifests in multiple gods, goddesses, religions, spiritualities, and ideologies. Jesus is not, well, first, and they don't believe in the Trinity, and Jesus is not God. At best, he's a teacher, a guru, or an avatar, which is an incarnation of Vishnu. He did not live without sin. He did not die on the cross. He did not rise from the dead, and he's not coming again to judge the living and the dead. It's a different Jesus. That brings me to point number four, Jesus versus Buddhism. Um, this is getting more popular in the West and many younger generations are gravitating toward Buddhism for this reason. It doesn't even believe in God, it's just a philosophy. So there's no one that rules over you or saves you. Uh, the founder of Buddhism is of course the Buddha, which means the enlightened one. His writings are many, the Mahavastu, which means the great story, the Jakarta Tales, the Triptaka, which is the three baskets, and the Tantras. They do not believe in a personal singular God, and they actually don't believe in a God. Buddhism is a philosophy more than a religious commitment. Their view of Jesus, at most, he's an enlightened teacher, a guru, or a shaman, but by no means God. And then number five, Jesus versus Judaism. What's interesting is Jesus was a devout Jew. Those who write the Bible are devout Jews. The first Christians are devout Jews. But today there are some Orthodox Jews that deny Jesus, who is the fulfillment of biblical Judaism. They would say that their founder is Abraham and Moses, and they would believe in the first 39 books of the Bible, the Old Testament, not the 27 of the New. They believe there is one God, but they do not believe in the Trinity, one God and three persons. Furthermore, they do not believe that Jesus Christ is God and the fulfillment of prophecy. Now, many Jews do know and love Jesus, but some who are Orthodox do not. And Paul says that the God of this world has blinded them. They can't see that everything God promised was fulfilled in the person and the work of Jesus. And the result is as well that some would say that all the things that Christians believe about Jesus were just myth, legend, fable, and folklore added after his life many years later and that he was a, a good rabbi and teacher, but, but we've made a lot of myths about him. That being said, and I wanna talk about Jesus versus the cults. We've dealt with atheism, agnosticism, the world religions, the seven arenas for battle. Let's bring it closer to home. Here's a cult. Cult comes from the Latin word worship and a cult is different than a world religion in this. A world religion doesn't claim to be Christian and doesn't come from Christians. A cult comes from Christians and still claims to be Christian. That's the difference, that's the deception. God's people have always dealt with cults. In the Old Testament, you'll hear about Baal, Asherah, Chemosh, Milcom, and Molech. These are cults that surround God's people and wanna do syncretism, and, and they don't want God's people to contend, but they want God's people to compromise. Just Because here's the big idea, friends. Jesus plus anything destroys everything. Furthermore, in the New Testament, there are cults that are surrounding the New Testament and the New Testament writes against them. You'll see the worship of Artemis. You'll see emperor worship where they're worshiping the Roman government and governor and also a group called the Gnostics. Now, let me read a scripture and then tell you a story. 2 Corinthians 11, three through four. Here's the problem with a cult. It has another Jesus. Not the real Jesus, but a counterfeit. Paul says this, I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve, that's Satan, he's talking here about deception and spiritual warfare, by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ, the real Christ. For someone and proclaims what? Another Jesus. This is the problem with cults. They have another Jesus. 
than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit, that's not the Holy Spirit, but a deceiving demonic spirit, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. What he's saying is you're compromising, not contending. You're syncretizing, not fighting. Goes on to say, this comes from false prophets, deceitful workmen disguising themselves as apostles of Christ, and no wonder for even Satan. Satan will present another Jesus, disguises himself as an angel of light, so it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Let me tell you a story. Um, I started in ministry working with college students, punk rock kids, homeless kids, uh, abuse, trauma, sex trafficking, addiction, the occult, witchcraft, just complete, just devastating brokenness. And, and, and a lot of kids got saved. We, um, in my life, under my, I've seen over 10,000 people get baptized and many of them young, single, urban, broken, traumatized people that have had a lot of demonic activity. And there was one guy, was a young pastor, was in my 20s, and he would come up and talk to me after the sermon and he had the craziest ideas about Jesus and he was obsessed about reading the Bible and he told me all the things he was seeing and all that God was revealing to him and, and, and it was crazy. So I said, let's just sit down. Let me just talk to you and see what's going on. He seemed like a sincere guy, but an oppressed and broken and troubled guy. And so we, he was telling me a story and we were talking. And then as he was telling me a little bit of his life story, his countenance changed, his posture changed, his voice changed, his personality changed. And it got very aggressive and very combative and very arrogant. And I just asked, I said, who are you? And his voice changed. Hair stood up on my arm said, uh, I'm the one who's been teaching him. I asked, I said, what's your name? It said, Jesus. I said, uh, Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus, the son of God, Jesus born of Mary, Jesus who died on the cross and rose from the dead. And he cackled, it was haunting. He said, no, not that Jesus. It was a demon who took the name Jesus and deceived a guy who was confused and troubled. I rebuked him in Jesus' name. I said, the Lord rebuke you. All our authority is delegated. I prayed for the Holy Spirit to come into the conversation. The man came back present and I told him what had happened. He received Jesus, he became a Christian. We baptized him and he got delivered. And, and And this is why we contend, because people have an enemy and he's taking them captive and he's haunting them and he's breaking them and he's lying to them and he's traumatizing them. And we love them and we want Jesus to set them free so they can live the best life, the blessed life with our God. Pastor Mark here saying thank you for giving me the honor of helping you to learn God's word in a world filled with bad news, you need some good news. In a world filled with lies, you need some truth. And so, as I like to say, it's all about Jesus. We open the Bible and we help people learn about Jesus Christ. And I just wanna say, uh, if you would help me get the Word of God out, it would mean the world to me. You can go to realfaith.com, mountain of Bible teaching. I mean, we're coming up on three decades of Bible teaching. And or if you just go to 99383 and text the word unfiltered, 
Again, that's 99383 Unfiltered. We'll send you a link that'll open up literally thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces of free Bible teaching.